0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt.
1: and I'm Emily Van Vutt.
0: and we are back after a little bit of a hiatus because uh,
1: we had some some house issues that we had to get fixed. And, yes, you know it just kind of threw everything off for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, we haven't really been able to play games for like two weeks, which has been yeah. We had really to pack difficult. everything
1: <laughs> up. Oh, it was a mess. <laughs>
0: yeah, so but that's getting resolved now, so we're starting to get some normalcy back. But we missed recording, so yeah. yeah so we wanted to get back in there. Um, because we did play a few things before uh, we had to, you know, deal with all that stuff. Um, and we're also going to talk later on in the show about our favorite expansions for games. Um, so,
1: and these are the times when I really hate being an adult because you know, I right now at this point after all this stuff, I can't adult anymore. I'm just done. <laughs> I want to go back to being five.
0: Oh, well, they like said it's almost <laughs> settled, and then we'll be able to really get some more games to the table.
1: I know. I'm I'm itching. I'm going through withdrawal a little bit. I think. Yep. I mean,
0: well now whole, we now we've gotten our small box stuff. I love
1: our small out. box games, but it's just not the same. Yeah, you want
0: to play big stuff, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel you. So, but before we go there, um, let's first very briefly uh, talk about where you can find us online.
1: Uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all at Tabletop for Two. Um, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Podbean, whatever pod catching thing that you, you know, use, and yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh we did receive our first review on iTunes. Uh it's from our buddy Amir. Oh, you uh, Amir's did? A, yeah. Yay. Amir's a regular <laughs> listener of uh one of our other shows, Dense Pixels. Um and Lisa Which did. you
1: also host.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> uh so we uh from Amir says he loves the podcast. Hope you guys do more reviews of board games so I know what's worth buying since I'm not a heavy board gamer. I literally didn't know there were more board games other than Clue, Trouble or Scrabble. Keep up the great work, can't wait to hear more.
1: Amir we didn't know that either up until like what three years ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so I'm glad yeah. I'm glad um trust me, if it if it gets you off of playing those three games exclusively then <laughs> then we're then we're doing yeoman's work. Yeah. So thanks Amir and don't forget if you do leave us a five star review, we'll read on air, an idea that we borrowed from a multitude of podcasts that we uh yes. that we listen to. So but let's uh enough of that. Let's uh get right into what we've been playing. And before um we had to go ahead and box everything, um we did get our copy of Ashes Rise of the Born in.
1: Which if you guys remember on the last podcast, I said it's going to be one of those ones that I'm going to say, oh, you know what? I really don't know, but we're going to get it and then we're going to play it. And I'm going to be like, oh, I'm glad we got it. Well, I can't say I'm glad we got it yet because we only played it once and I was kind of muddling through and I didn't well, we play, played, get we it. We played two
0: two matches, though, when we did play it. I,
1: okay, but that's one for me because the yeah. first one was a learner and then the second one was like, okay, my first actual, and it's just, I, I'm still a little... yeah. This you know, muddy for me.
0: This is a new, um, for those of you that don't, aren't aware, it's a new expandable card game from Plathead Games, um, which we, listen, we talked about briefly on the show before. Um, so think games like Doomtown or, you know, Magic in some ways. Um, the unique things with this one that are interesting is that you actually get to pick your starting hand before the match starts. So, um, you get, you get to select the five cards that make up your hand. And then all of your resources you have from the get-go, because that's made up of 10 dice that you pre-select. Uh, before the match starts you don't have to worry about building cool. up
1: i love the custom dice
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and there's four different types of dice and each of them have a special ability and, as yeah, well
1: i think i like that a little bit more too because like you have those for your resources instead of having to use cards for everything mm-hmm. because i feel like sometimes in those kind of games where you have to use cards for everything it kind of it really really limits you to what you can do
0: well and there's no build up because like i mean like in magic i mean i know it's been a long time since you played magic but yeah. but mana screw is a thing where if you just don't draw mana cards you're, you're kind of boned. You can't do anything. Oh, yeah, anything. yeah, yeah so, sure. b- But in this game, like I said, you get all 10. Now, you know, you might roll poorly because there's, like, on each die, well, there's three I levels. They hate me. They always
1: there's, have, always will.
0: There's three different levels of resources, and better cards need the more rare resources. But they mitigate that because as, like, a side action during your turns, you can just discard cards that you have to... Alter those dice basically and change them to whatever die face that you want to. So, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's 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 very smartly designed. I'm gonna look forward to exploring this one a little bit more. I don't know how much deck building will do because the pre-built decks actually work really well.
1: Apparently, the one I used the first time just does not work well against the one you used the first time. I guess I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna use that deck uh, next time we play because I'm curious to see if uh,
1: (laughs) if, oh good lord
0: if the deck is just a poor matchup or what. But uh, But I'm yeah, a, it's I'm gonna use fun. the
1: voodoo woman again. I like her,
0: Mhm, yeah, it was like I said a lot of fun though. um, look forward to checking it out a little bit more.
1: um then the other one, I was super excited for this game. I was finally glad it finally finally came in right before all this happened. It was flick 'em up, um, and we actually got to play a game of that also before we had to you know deal with being adults and whatnot um it was super super fun it's a dexterity game it's got a wild west theme which i don't think there's enough wild west themed games out there i really don't No,
0: there's there's dice tower actually just did a top 10 wild western west game. theme games yes. and some of them were were reaches let's yeah. say so
1: but um i was i i all i did i saw a screenshot of somebody playing this game and i told brad i was like i want it yeah i didn't and, know what it was but I was like i want it because you have little cowboy meeples and they have hats you have you know build like you make like a little town scene and then you have to like flick your disc to try and you know kill the other dudes and mm-hmm. it's really cool.
0: Yeah, it's um it's it's a two team game so it's it's basically cowboys versus or like outlaws versus sheriffs essentially. Mm-hmm. And um you try to maneuver around the town and then try to flick these little gray bullet discs and knock over the 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 uh, cowboys from the other team to do damage.
1: But there's like so cool they have little Cactus things, and they have hay bales mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. It's very very cool. Yeah,
0: that blocks it. It requires a Monica of precision because you can't like when you move, you can't touch any of the other like objects, basically, or it negates the move. Mm-hmm. And we we just did the introductory scenario. There's like ten scenarios that come with the game, and, and then I'm
1: sure you can make up your own as you go. Along. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, they they definitely see, and I think they said they're even gonna like take submissions and and post people's that they make up on, on it as well. But like some of the other stuff you can do that we haven't even touched yet is you can actually go into the different buildings. Um If you go into a building and there's another, like there's an opponent um cowboy in there, you actually have like a duel where you go off to the side and you just like, and shoot at each other until one of you connects. And it's fun too, because you to to shoot one of the cowboys, you have to actually knock it over. Yeah. With the disc. Which
1: I gotta tell you there was a couple of times where I shot one of his guys and I had him and it was like rocking, rocking, rocking. It got all the way on one edge and then it like righted itself. I'm like, son of a beast. Yeah,
0: you gotta you gotta <laughs> land solid because sometimes you might just graze them and just uh yeah. and just uh bounce off.
1: And sometimes being real close up on someone is a disadvantage too, because Brad mm-hmm. learned that he tried to knock my guy over and it didn't work yeah. out.
0: Yeah, but a lot of fun, um a lot of a lot of strategy, um, surprisingly, to it for a game like that as well, because like when you like, if your cowboy gets shot, he he's you leave him where he lays, but he can't be shot again, but you also don't have to pick him up until um, your next turn with him, basically. Right. So, like, you can use him as, like, a blocking tool, you know, to to keep from, you know, make your opponent's maneuvers hard to hit or their shots hard to hit for your other cowboys are staying. So, like I said, it's, it's neat. Um... I I liked it a lot too. I'm looking forward to it. There's already expansion coming out for it that has horses and <laughs> and uh, like ramps so you can do elevated. You can shoot the cowboys off the oh, horses. I
1: love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love
0: it. So that's Flick 'em Up. Um, like I said, it's pretty good. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it As some said, we're, more.
1: We're always looking for a good dexterity game because we need.
0: We don't really have one because I think I think we talked about Rampage briefly and I just it, like Rampage is okay, but it's not.
1: I think it'll be m- more fun when Xander gets older. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Well, he's going to like us cuz he's going to be like, "Oh, dinosaurs, you know, whatever." Well,
0: with that one like <sighs> Whenever you drop the dinosaur onto the buildings, like I feel like half the time it just like bounces off the top just because of the way it's built, you know? Well,
1: what you gotta do is you gotta hit it on the corner so you pop it, it. up. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'm
0: just not good at you're, Rampage. You're
1: just not good. I, <laughs> I think you are bad at Rampage.
0: Or sorry, Terror, terror in Meeple City or whatever they um, call sorry, it. Now. our
1: copy is still called Rampage. Sorry. Thank it's, you. Very much. It's
0: funny, ever since they changed the name, like there really hasn't been a lot of. I don't feel like the game gets talked about anymore, oddly so, enough.
1: 'Cause terror in Meeple City sounds stupid. It does sound kinda lame. <laughs> so um the la-
0: the last the v- last new game that we got to play, we actually got to play recently, um, which is Trombon. Now this is um another in the recent yes, in Mayfair. Our, in
1: our um board game abstinence, shall we say, mm-hmm. Brad had to go to the store, the local game store games and stuff and be like, I need stuff to play. So, yeah, yeah. so I've been just a little he bit He comes home with five games and I'm like, oh, my God, we have games we still haven't played yet.
0: So <laughs> this is a this is a new one. Um, and that's in the Mayfair two player line that they just put out. So they have like patchwork and then they have this. And it's designed by uh, Helmut Oli, uh, who is one of the designers on Russian railroads. Um, it's a card. It's it kind of reminds me of Lost Cities a little bit because it's a card um,
1: driven game.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like set collection in some ways where you have these train stations and there's four different train lines and each of them are a different color. And um, you can play them, like on the beginning of your turn, you have to play, the cards each have a train station or a passenger and you can use them for either purpose. Um, So you have to play at least one or two passengers at the beginning of your turn, but then you can start playing cards on the train lines and they value for, each line has cards that value from one to 10. But when you play them, you have to put them in, ascending order order. yeah Yeah. you can't um you know you can't jump go like 375 or anything like that but um well the way it works is that once a color has four passengers um associated with it each player scores points for each train line they have of that color so the players actually get to determine when scoring happens in the game um and the game ends after you score 10 times and then there's ways if you can get eight cards in one of your trains basically um, like if you if one train hits eight stations then you get to score that uh, that line an extra time as like a bonus scoring basically so it's 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 hard to describe um, without seeing it um, I enjoyed the game though uh, like I said it, it definitely felt a little bit like lost cities in in some ways um, I enjoy I always enjoy games that give the players almost complete control over when scoring happens, like I remember, we had palaces of Carrara, and that was one of the things in the game is you actually got to determine when you mm-hmm. scored, so you could do it at a time that was most opportune. But if you waited too long, then See, someone could steal it from game you.
1: Too, but we outgrew it.
0: Yeah, that was. I mean, that just it's that and that happens. But I like I said that I just reminded of that from you know this having the control and of look, the scoring. You interim. know, you
1: have a problem when you buy a game uh from german amazon wasn't it that what it was
0: well it's because it's the only way we could
1: get it that was affordable yeah.
0: so what did, what were your thoughts on uh on Tromboner or one play
1: that um we had? i really liked it i did really terrible the first time but that's okay um <laughs> i just could not get card draws to save my life yeah i really couldn't
0: well i think you still i mean the, on the one point you forgot that uh you the cards only could go in ascending oh, order, yeah, so well, you put like an eight. That is the oh, first yeah, card was, on a train. That was dumb. So, but it's it's neat, and um, you know, it's all about mini. You know, whenever you score a train line, typically it's going to help your opponent as well. So it's all about just doing it at the opportune time. That but
1: I made sure you know. I was building up. I think blue the whole time. Brad didn't have any blue trains, so I got to score that twice mm. with no opposition from him. Essentially, so yeah. that was all points for me. Yep. Still didn't help, but.
0: But it's like I said it's solid. I look forward to uh getting more plays with that one as we go along. I think I think once once we both get to the same like skill with that, I guess it mm-hmm. it's gonna be a really competitive game with that.
1: Um we also played Rhino Hero. Oh, that's
0: right, I forgot it's about a that. The hobby
1: game. Um because we are looking forward to when our little one gets a little older so we can start introducing him uh to stuff. So we've been looking into the Hobby games for a while and everybody says they're fun to play, whether you're little or big, whatever. So Brad picked up Rhino Hero, and it's basically Jenga meets Uno, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's super fun. And I kicked his booty.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> you have cards in your hand, and and you have to build like a skyscraper essentially. Yeah, and you're trying to stack your card on top, and and usually the card you play has some sort of adverse effect for your opponent because there's like a little rhino uh wooden character that you have to sometimes move up the tower which will help unbalance it and you're trying to either make your opponent uh knock the tower down or just be the first to play all of the floor cards out of your hand um it's fun like i said i i like i i enjoy stacking games um like jenga is a fun game i just hate setting up jenga jenga is a pain in the butt to set up this is easy because you just have to put down one card and then you have these cardboard uh these thin cardboard walls that you can construct as you go. So It
1: was very cool. I was very taken by it, and I was like, yes, we're going to play this lots.
0: (laughs) I would love to get the giant version, but it's very expensive.
1: How much is it? It's like
0: $150. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is that going in the realm of the Takinoko Collector's Edition if we have disposable funds one day?
0: I don't even know if you can get it, though, because I, I know the giant version was printed by like a japanese company that i guess had permission mm-hmm. but i think they only did one print one one print run and i don't think they did very many copies of it oh, so wow. it's probably difficult to find but that'd I, be neat
1: that's a pipe dream that's yeah. a we hit the lottery one day and we can spend whatever we want
0: yep so but uh, like i said looking forward to checking out right here a little bit more it's a lot of fun our first uh our first Hava game probably the first of of many because they had uh i noticed when we were at the store they had a uh a large version of Animal upon Animal that's designed for younger kids because the the figures are big enough to be toys as well if they want them to be. In oh, addition so to being have a game, to
1: get that one for Buddy O
0: probably because, yeah. like I said, it'll be easier for him to to deal with that and, and teach him stacking and stuff like that, which yeah. he's doing anyway. So yes. with other stuff,
1: yeah, he loves his Mega Blocks.
0: Cool. So that's that's the uh, few games that we've gotten to play recently. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to you about our favorite expansions uh, for games we own. So stay tuned. And we're back. Uh, like I said, the main topic that we're going to go through with this episode is talk about our favorite Board game expansions uh, that we have. So I mean, it's expansions are a great way—the the the DLC of the analog world—to um, expand a game that you like.
1: But as Brad always says, an expansion should not make a mediocre game good. It should make a great game better.
0: Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm kind of. I try to be as picky as I can when it comes to expansion buying. You're
1: very snobby with it.
0: It's, well, it's, it, because it's a, you can I get really. It. No, yeah. I get it. I
1: understand
0: because. <laughs> you can spend a lot of money on expansions if you. Because we don't
1: have all that kind of money to spend on all the expansions for everything. But I get it. But sometimes it's just like. Oh.
0: Yeah, so I, so typically I always look for ones that really do like add a lot of that enhance, value that
1: enhance it. Yeah.
0: To that base game. Um, like Emily said, I, I don't like expansions that take a game that it's kind of mediocre and make it good. Cause then I feel like that you're spending an extra 20 bucks just to make a game playable mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. So we have six expansions that, that we would consider to be like absolutely essential. Like we we have way more than six expansions for our games, but some expansions are hit or miss, take or leave, but the six that we're going to talk about today are ones that we, you know, think that you should absolutely buy. If you buy. don't
1: have the base game, buy the base game and the expansion together. Yes. That's that's what that's what our our thing is today.
0: Yeah, so the the first one's a pretty uh probably my favorite expansion um yeah. and that's that's high praise, because I was going to give it to Eminent Domain at first. But uh, no. the Tuscany uh, Expanding the World of Viticulture, uh, the expansion for Viticulture, which adds so much content oh my to the base game of Viticulture, which is already a solid game by, it's, by itself. Yeah. But the Tuscany expansion adds, I think, a total of 11 modules.
1: But it's so cool because you can pick and choose which ones.
0: Yeah, the, the way they recommend you... Uh, you you learn them is through like a legacy style where you add like one or two for each when you play a game. I mean eventually you're gonna end up with like, you know, eight, you know, eight or nine modules in there, but just so many different things that add to that game and that make the game a lot more competitive, mm-hmm. um, a lot more difficult, like as far as giving you different options, different ways to score, um, end game scoring. They actually one of the modules they have adds goal a, cards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It gives you endgame scoring. Um, one of the gives you actually a brand new board for the game completely. I like
1: the one we just did with the um, like, like the, the
0: asymmetric the, resources. The,
1: no, the different vineyards. Oh, sure, sure. Because you can actually sell your vineyards and whatnot to mm-hmm. get quick cash influx and whatnot.
0: Yeah, so if if you get if you ever get viticulture, um, buy, just buy the Tusking expansion as well. It's it's a must have, I'd say. I mean, it makes for a pretty pricey. Combination because I mean you're looking at a hundred bucks basically yeah. well, we got when our you buy them together.
1: Well,
0: yeah, we did the collector's edition when they kick-started the expansion Cause, in the first place. Because
1: you can't beat those metal coins, you really can't. I love them. That's
0: pretty cool too. But uh but yeah, I would definitely Which actually, say.
1: I think I saw you can buy them on Meeple Source.
0: You can yeah, I, I know Stonemar Games makes a lot of their, um, a lot of those accessories sometimes available I think, for purchase. I think he
1: has a thing with meeple Source because I saw them selling the treasure chest also mm. on there.
0: Yeah, so very so very good. Um I I don't think there's another expansion that adds that much content in one box. And I mean, it is pricey. I think the expansion itself costs 40 bucks. But, but it's uh, worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It's
1: it's so cool. Like we played Viticulture probably 4 or 5 times before we even dove into mm-hmm. the expansion and like we loved it by itself but the expansion uh tuscany has just added so much and it's like so cool
0: yeah and like i said they even have it uh they have it organized in such a way that it's very easy just to add you know each module as you go along or you could do the method that most people say just start with all of them. but i can't really see you doing that so
1: now i want to play bit of culture
0: hey we can we absolutely should
1: after this week yes yes Um, The next one on our list is Suburbia Inc., which we bought Suburbia. This was probably one of our first games uh, way back when we started into the hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, you know, doing his research, doing his research. He's like, I'm going to go get the expansion for this. Okay, sure. And it adds these borders, which (laughs) they can give you a good influx of cash or an Mm -hmm. influx of reputation or they can take away from you. Because I needed cash bad one time and I had an elementary school and I built a radioactive waste site next to the elementary
0: school. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, and, and I like it too because not only so in suburbia, like you're laying tiles, which are it's, it's a city building game and you have these hexagonal tiles that you lay down, but the borders are these long pieces that actually border four of your tiles. They can border four tiles in a row. So not only do they give you the benefits that they give you, but they also force you to. Build your city in like different directions and unique Uh ways instead of, cause I remember when we played Suburbia without the expansion. Um, everyone's city always kind of looked the same at the end mm-hmm. of the game. It was just like a big conglomeration. You know, you kind of stuck to the middle, that kind of thing. And the borders really add a lot of
1: yeah, mine usually nuance hangs, to that. mine usually hangs a crazy right or left at some point yeah. with the with the borders.
0: I also like the extra tiles that just come in the expansion as well, just the regular tiles that come in there, um, add a lot of variety to the base game. I like the, the ones game. that
1: have, like, the little goals on them when you get to the next stack. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and they also add... Um, like, mid-game bonus tiles, essentially, it's like that you can like, if you use. have the
1: most, you know, lakes, then you get plus whatever, yeah. you know, and...
0: And it's very cool. Yeah, just so it's so if you if you ever do get Suburbia, um Suburbia Inc. is a no brainer. There's a new expansion that we talked about last show. Um Suburbia, Suburbia Five Star that we're not quite as sure. I mean, we haven't played it yet, but we just from the looks of it, we're not quite as sure on. But like Inc. I said, is a no brainer. I think
1: that one will suffer with just two of us. I think I agree. it'll be better with more people.
0: Yeah. So but yeah, Suburbia Inc. um definite must have and just adds a lot of value to suburbia um the one of the other games that i now this one i don't know if you should get or use straight away when you start playing this game for the first time Um, but eminent domain escalation is a terrific expansion once you kind of learn the base game of eminent domain the reason i say you shouldn't use it at first is because it adds a lot of new stuff to the game and technologies and eminent domain is a is a very it has a steep learning curve just because of the players that have a greater knowledge of the different technologies in the game are gonna serve better. So it takes a couple plays to kind of understand how they all work together. Um But Escalation is great. It adds so much. Um it actually at makes has different classes of ships in the game, because in the first game you just have fighters, and this one you have you can have destroyers or battle cruisers that each have different game effects as well. Um they add planets that actually have actions on them as well that you can use. Um they add a whole you know slew of new technologies, including a new class of technologies, which rewards you for having d- multiple different types of planets.
1: yeah, this is one of those ones where we scoured the board game geek forums to find someone who made a nice little condensed list of all the uh, technologies, technologies yeah. and we printed out some and laminated them.
0: <laughs> yep, so but uh, but yeah, eminent domain escalation adds it's an insane amount of replay to the base game. Um like I said, once you're familiar with the base game,
1: we were obsessed. with mean, Domain it. at one point in time. I mean, we were playing it every day. Yeah, yeah. It was it was bad. And every time our friends came over, we we're like, "Hey, we're gonna play this game," and they're like, "Okay."
0: It's and that's it's it's it stinks because it's a tough one. It's a tough one to teach because, like I said, it does take the multiple plays to to really hammer it down. Um, but the and the expan- the expansion just really you know reinvigorates a lot of life into the game and and kind of breaks up some of the. Dominant strategies that you might run into um, In the initial game For sure
1: oh yeah like Brad likes this Military card that's in there where he can start Stealing my planets and everything Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm
0: Yep. So Jerk yeah I mean but it's cool because like Warfare in the base game can be A little underpowered it kind of adds A lot of uh, Benefit to warfare but still balancing it A lot
1: more options to winning
0: Yeah and a lot lot of ways to mitigate Your opponent's strategies as well So yeah, demand Escalation, very good. I'm looking forward to the new one, uh, Exotica that's coming out soon as well. So mm-hmm.
1: Um The next one that we absolutely love is well, we fell in love with Eldritch Horror. We, he's like, I don't know if you'll like this. He brings it home. I tried out, I loved it. So we got the Forsaken Lore expansion for it, which mm-hmm. yeah, that makes it a bit more difficult. Which is what we like. We like we like hard games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like when it really kinda kicks you in the teeth, but
0: well, in this one, so, so there's three expansions out now for Eldritch Horror. There's, there's this one. There's the Mountains of Madness expansion, which is like a deluxe expansion. And then there's Strange Remnants, which is a expansion that's kind of the same size as Forsaken Lore is. All Forsaken Lore adds to the game is it adds more cards, essentially. Mm-hmm. It also has an extra, um, great one as well in old the box one. as well. Yeah. A great old one. Um, but. The The reason why it's essential, I think, is because after you've played the base Eldritch Horror a couple times, especially if you've played against the same Great Old One more than once, it can feel a little bit repetitious because there's only so many cards. This This expansion adds new cards for every existing Great Old One, new, new mystery cards for them. It adds new encounter cards for every location type in the game, and it just really...
1: Didn't add new gates, too?
0: Uh I don't think it added actual gates itself. It did add new monsters though yeah. in the game as well. And it just it just really adds a tremendous amount of replay value to that game for a box that's only 20 bucks mm-hmm. and that just comes with cards. I mean Mountains of Madness is cool because it adds like the extra board and some other stuff, but you might not use that board in every game that you play with that. Only when certain you know conditions exist, and and we're still going to get mountains of madness at some point. Mm-hmm. But I would say to anybody that gets Eldritch Horror, if you want the Get Forsaken lure straight away, because I really think that's the one that has the most bang for the buck um, in it. Just because again, the the replay value that it adds to the base game is is. Tremendous for what, especially for the low price point. Like that I it's said, so we
1: uh, it kicked us in the teeth before we added that, and it really kicked us in the teeth.
0: Actually, I don't remember having too much of a difficulty beforehand. Before we threw it in oh, there.
1: Oh, Mister. Oh, honey, go ahead and take a curse card. It won't be that bad. And then next oh, thing I know, <laughs> I get a I get a brand new investigator, and then I roll the thing, and I have to flip over my curse card. It's like you hear the cloven hooves behind you, and you're dead. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Take a curse card," he said. "It'll be fine," he said. Yeah. "Mm-hmm." Last time I was to you. <laughs> um, one of our old standbys that we started uh, our hobby with was Carcassonne, and he did you buy this with when you first bought the game?
0: Um. Yeah, I did actually.
1: Because I think he was talking to our local, one of our other local game stores, and they're like, well, here, you might as well get this while you're at it. Um, But we've got Carcassonne and the Inns and Cathedrals expansion. Mm-hmm which is quite a lot of fun because you can really kind of mess with your opponent a little bit more because we told you we like to play Cutthroat Carcassonne.
0: Well, and we have we have a few of the other Carcassonne expansions. Um, we have Traders and Builders. We have uh, the Hills and Sheep one that came like out recently. But Inns and Cathedrals, I'd say, is the only one that... It, it, like, if you only buy one Carcassonne expansion, it's, it should yeah. be this one. Yeah. Because the stuff that's in it almost feels like... I don't want to say it feels like it should have been in the base game, but it feels like a natural extension of the core gameplay from the base game because you get you get the inroads that make roads worth more points But you have to score them before the Mm -hmm. before the end of the the
1: game See what I like the cathedrals for is because if your opponents building a city and you make it so that they uh, and they leave it Open you can put the cathedral in there because if they can't Finish finish off off that city then they don't get anything because the cathedral triples your city score
0: And then the the part that people forget about a lot that came in that expansion as well is the large meeple which can, especially in like a two-player game, can really swing, you know, control of a major city. And it can be the difference in the game a lot of times. Yeah, we
1: actually busted out Carcassonne for the first time in a long time a couple weeks ago with our grip Mat. And uh, this guy here, we were having an epic battle over a giant, farm. Giant, giant Meeple Escalation. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm like, how can I get another guy in there? And I got him in there and then I connected. He's like, no! <laughs> He was
0: so mad at me. <laughs> no, it's slate. Like, it's it's that that I think is even the more valuable part of it is that having that extra especially if you like to play the more, you know, aggressive style in Carcassonne that that mm-hmm. large meeple is a huge game changer. When it comes he's to like, uh,
1: take that meeple.
0: no, it is. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a great way of opponents like working on a city, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna swoop in. And, yeah, this you know, one,
1: this one screwed me out of a big city score because he's like, I'm just gonna add one right over here and put my big meeple, and I'm like, oh, you suck.
0: Yeah. So, and that's and that also makes like if you ever find the Carcassonne big boxes, there's a good value there because I think that one and a couple of the other expansions included with those. Yeah, that's the best way to start with the game if you don't own it already. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out into the in- if you if you for some reason have Carcassonne and don't have that expansion go out and get it now and i think
1: they have all the expansions out on the um the app also
0: uh i don't know about all but they have some for sure i think
1: because i think i saw that on their store yeah. on there
0: now the last one that we're going to talk about is cheating a little bit because this one technically is a standalone expansion, like you don't need the base game to play this. Um, but I'm looking at it through the through the eyes of someone who owns the base game and wanted to get it anyway, which is Trains um, Rising Sun. Trains is probably our favorite deck-building game. I'd say. Um, and it, it likes it. It has a lot of... Variety, Um, it's Dominion-esque in the fact that you have, you know, all these super, action cards.
1: Super, super easy to teach people, too. Yeah. And everybody seems to love it when we play it.
0: Yeah, but and the, the minion part of it is it comes with all these action cards, and, you know, there's like 30, I think, total, and you only select eight of them to use in a given game. Well, Rising Sun is essentially like another starter box for trains. It adds like another 30 action cards, and it adds different scoring cards, and has different maps.
1: This one actually has attack cards in
0: it. It does, yeah. It adds some, you know, so attacking is attack one of the new it. thing. Um, but I just for the sheer variety that it gives you. I mean, it's it's the same thing as expanding Dominion, and you know, just it just gives you more options. Um, just makes it so that you'll never, you really will never have the same type of game twice. I especially love the train cards that come in in the Rising Sun expansion a lot more than I like the car, the train cards that were in the basic game. Why? For the most part, I just think they do more interesting effects. Like you have the, you know the the old train that you know when you buy it's cheap to buy because it's old and but it also makes you take waste when you buy it because it's not as environmentally friendly.
1: Oh, well, I like the um, the uh, what are they the scoring cards. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what the hell they're called. The, the scoring cards. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the yellow cards. They, they have some other ones in this one that actually are. Like, Because most time you take one of those cards, it's literally just for points at the end of the game, and you have to take waste when you take it. But some of them are actually, I think one of them is actually worth a dollar now. Yeah, it
0: actually gets you money.
1: And so it's not just like a dead card in your hand, and yeah.
0: Or you have the, nice. or you have like, what is it, the distribution center that actually rewards you for... Ex, you know pursuing like an aggressive strategy on the board because it gives you more points if you yeah. have a certain number of cities um there's the that that one also has the uh the baseball stadium in it or the stadium doesn't it yeah. it's worth like 6 points but it takes yeah, costs it, like $12 yeah, to it's get it's
1: ridiculous to buy and yeah. then you have to take two waste i think yeah yeah
0: so it's buy it. so just like said, a lot of different a lot of variety um the extra the other reason especially for this podcast the two player portion of it is that the map that it comes with it has two two-player specific maps in that uh, box set. wonderful. Yeah, I mean, because, well, the two-player maps are really awesome because they, and the way that they have them structured is cool too because they have a regular map, but they also have one that you can start, each of you can start at the bottom of the board, and it's kind of like a race to get up to the top of the board to claim the, you know, the more valuable cities and stuff like that. So that was really appreciated. Um, So, yeah, if you like trains, uh, I would definitely say, get the rising sun expansion i don't think it's something that you'll regret it all just because like i said a lot of content No, i gotta extra box. say
1: this is one of those games we like we like uh shut up and sit down right mm-hmm. and uh brad's like here watch this review so i watched this review on this and i'm like this looks i mean boring 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 so he talked me into buying the game and then it's been one of our favorites ever since so yeah. don't judge a game by its box people That's all I'm going to say.
0: Well, not for trains, certainly. So, But like I said, those those are the expansions. I mean, we have a lot more expansions that we enjoy. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of any off the top of my head, but none are (laughs) springing to mind. What? Other expansions that we have that we like but aren't necessarily like gotta-haves.
1: The Zulkan expansion,
0: maybe? We haven't explored that one too much. We've only I mean, played we one played time it with once. it. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Um, the one for Bruges.
0: Yeah, which, well, we talked about that on the last but episode. You said
1: that's not essential. Oh, no. So.
0: I don't think so well, at that's all. That's
1: what I said. But yeah. you are saying you wanted expansions that we have that aren't essential. Well, so I know. I'm, I'm just trying, trying to think you. of
0: any. I don't even care. Jeez, I don't know if I like the Bruges man, one. That, I don't even know if I like the Bruges one that much, though. Like like really, we talked about in the last episode. I like the
1: ship thing.
0: I like two of the modules. That two of them I could do without. I think those are the ones that I that I like the best, though, the ones that are like modular expansions that let you kind of pick and choose what parts you add. Because um, I, I, I like the freedom of control, because if you don't like something, you can just say, okay, we're not going to use that particular thing. Yeah. So, But yes, yeah, so like I said, hopefully uh, let us know what some of your favorite expansions were. Like I said, reach out to us online. Um, but that's all the show we have. Like I said, we didn't get to play a whole lot of things, so a little bit shorter episode this time. Um, but don't forget that we are affiliated with the Nerdpocalypse Studios network of shows. Uh, make sure you check out all the shows on there, including, uh, the Nerdpocalypse, Dense Pixels, which is our video game show that we do, uh, Black and Black Cinema and Mouthful of Toast, our anime podcast. And you can also become a premium member, uh, for only $5 a month or $50 a year. That gets you weekly episodes of Look Forward, the political podcast, um, No Time to Bleed, the action movie podcast, which is once a month, and then weekly episodes of the airing of grievances. Um, So definitely check that out if you get the chance. Um, Again, don't forget to find us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Tabletop for Two. Um, And that is basically it. So we'll see you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, Hopefully get back to our regular recording schedule. I'm
1: actually kind of glad we did it this week because next week we have a wedding and everything else. It's just not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like I said, life gets in
1: the way. See, look, I thought we were over the hump with weddings and now we've got like four weddings in the next six months to go to. Yep. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Life <laughs> life happens. What are you gonna do? So, but thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, again, we'll see you all next time. Take it easy.
1: Bye.